Hello, welcome to Ethical Seduction, where we help you create the sex and relationships that you want, both in and out of the bedroom. Most people do not enjoy being in vulnerable positions. Um, there's a lot of risk that's involved when you're doing that, when you're being vulnerable. However, if you've ever noticed how people feel towards towards you or others that take that chance and are vulnerable, um, we really value it. So maybe they share a secret or trust you with some kind of information about themselves. Most of the time when they do this, we we feel a bunch of emotions. We get flattered, you know, honored that they're trusting us. And we often cherish that information that they're kind of giving us. So if it's like a secret, then a lot of times we're like, yes, I'm going to keep that secret. You know, it's important. And we often admire their courage that they went ahead and took the chance with us. So you have the ability to take your own, I'm going to say, quote, weakness, you know, being vulnerable, and then quickly build a deeper connection and attraction using that weakness, using that vulnerability. So we don't, nobody really likes perfect people. That's something else I've learned about. It's like, we don't trust perfect people. Uh, we cr do crave like strong, brave, courageous types that demonstrate, you know, just how great that they are. Anyway, today I want to talk about vulnerability plus courage and how that equals attraction. So uh, I'm your host, Steven. And then joining me today, we have Ava. Hey kids. And we do not have Kimberly or Brandy. They are out doing other very important things. Um, and they will join us again, I guess, next week. So uh, also, Ava, you just got back from the West Coast. Yes. Yes, I did from Seattle. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Like cool things you did? Uh, let's see. Cool things I did. I went to a Mariners game, a baseball game for the first time in many, many years with my sister and her kids and a friend of mine. And her kid and we had a great time oh and then and then so there's a cafe that i always go to this 24-hour cafe that literally every time i land in seattle it's the first place that i go after i get off the plane it's called beth's cafe um they've been on like tv before for they're known for like making the dozen egg omelet and they've been closed for i don't know how long now because of the pandemic and they reopened while i was in town and i was so excited so the whole group of us before we were going to the the mariners game we went to best cafe beforehand and we got lunch and my nieces and my nephew had never been before and i was so happy that i could like give this like greasy spoon diner experience to them it was a lot of fun so uh that was probably the highlight of the trip there was a lot of family stuff there's a lot of friend stuff um i had a really good time it was busy but yeah the mariners game was awesome good the did you say 12 egg omelet? Yes, it is known as the dozen egg crazy. omelet. It has literally been on like multiple like food shows on TV and stuff because of that. How, um, how, is it like a pizza size or something? Yeah, like, they literally serve it on a, a pizza tray um, on a okay. bed of hash browns and then dozen egg omelet with whatever fillings you want on it. Okay, wow. And so that's what you're supposed to share that? I mean, if I you assume. want to, my brother and I have shared them before my little brother and I, we definitely did not finish it though. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I do. I love omelets. Yeah. Um, I know everybody on here likes cooking. My, my daughter and I had a cooking contest on omelets and it was like to see who could do the, you know, the better. Oh, the better omelet. and we one. made, my mom was like, we ended up being different styles. I made I put my mom in the middle, like, who are you going to love better? Like who's going to make the better omelet? But, um, hers was a lot simpler. Mm -hmm. and looked really nice and was cooked well and all that mine had all kinds of stuff inside so when you go to flip it you know it just was like harder to flip and so it doesn't mm. look as pretty but they were really the end result to be honest is like they're different styles but um in order to beat her because she's my daughter so i was like oh i have to beat her <laughs> i i did like get on youtube and like study a little bit you know to like learn how to do that because i knew she was going to do the same thing she's not going to be on youtube she's going to be on whatever kids are on these days the TikTok. <laughs> but uh anyway listen to me i sound like an old man okay <laughs> glad you had a great time out there thank good. you glad to have you back too uh let's talk about vulnerability so how comfortable are you ava with being vulnerable um, I am not comfortable with being vulnerable, but I would argue that nobody is comfortable with vulnerability just because it's one of those things that it's, it's kind of like exercise. Like you get better at exercising, but you don't, you, you're not going to be comfortable exercising. It's supposed to be a place of discomfort, right? So I'm not comfortable per se with vulnerability, even if I make a point to practice it. So, uh, my thoughts are though, I'm going to say you but you know brandy all of us kind of on this the show uh i think we've had practice 
with the vulnerability type stuff. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like I'm going to say, let's, let's speak about your, your experiences. Okay. But with, do you feel like you have become more comfortable with taking the chances with being vulnerable because you've had, you know, let's say, you know, you go in to have a difficult conversation with a, a, a partner or whatever like that. Okay. The more you do that, the more you realize like, no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, even if this doesn't go well. So the, I think you start to get a little bit more comfortable, the more experience you have. Do you, do you kind of feel that way? Yes, I definitely, I feel comfortable with the practice of vulnerability. We can put it that way. Okay. Yeah. And so in some respects, the more you do it, the easier it gets, you think? I don't know. For you? I feel so conflicted using the word easy because again, like I, I will choose to actively put myself in this state of discomfort where I'm being vulnerable and I'm taking these risks and I am reassuring myself that yes, it's going to be okay in the end because I'm doing right by me. Right. But that Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that this conversation that I'm having, this vulnerable conversation with another person is going to go the way that I want it to. Right. And I've had to do a lot of work in, in, giving up trying to control the narrative, trying to get the precise outcome that I want. Uh, because, you know, when you're in the middle of conflict with another person, you're only one piece of the equation. There's a whole other piece of the equation that you don't have control over. Um, mm-hmm. And so telling myself, like, even if X plus Y doesn't equal the desired outcome Z in this equation, I am still going to be okay. X is still going to be okay, even if it doesn't go the way that I want it to. So one thing, I think I read about this, but I have noticed it now true. And I, I really do kind of believe in this, that if you're going to have, like say that a difficult conversation with, with a partner, as an example, okay, you, that sometimes in order to get things like resolved, you almost have to be willing, I'm going to say it this way, willing to lose them. So let me clarify that. It doesn't mean you want to lose them, but the, the fear, and this is, goes back to the vulnerability part, right? The fear is like, oh, if I have this, if I talk to them and tell them the truth about whatever, you know, they might, you know, balk. They might say no. They might, you know, leave me, okay? And so th- this thing I was reading was like saying like, no, you have to, in order, like, you have to be willing to take that chance in order to like have the conversation and work through things. So I have noticed that, I'm going to say in my own life, couple times where you're having these conversations and you realize like there, there is like this, this big risk, you know, and in some cases it's like that you could lose the partner. Okay. And I also know a couple people, friends that I think have gone through the same kind of thing, but I'm going to say been successful. And I'm going to say maybe what's happened is like, they're successful. Right. So then as we're talking and I'm learning about this thing, I'm realizing like, Oh, that they had to take a really big chance to kind of get through this thing. Well, here's an example. Um, people that very often like with us and being in like the kink community and kink scene, you can have a partner, uh, like two people. And like one of them just is like, Oh, I want to come out to this kink club. But then they're going to like, I have to talk to my partner about it. Right. And they've never done that in their whole life. So they're going to bring this thing up. Okay. There could be repercussions from that. You know, the person could be nice and be like, no, not really my thing, but they could also be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, like you don't mm-hmm. really know. So, you know, that's the vulnerability. But a lot of times I think it's like, you have to be willing to sort of like lose the person um, in order to have these conversations. And it's not that anybody wants to lose them, but I think that sometimes it's like, yeah, just recognizing like, you know, that's a possibility, but we're going to have the conversation anyway. And so that I think is tying in kind of with what we were just talking about, where it's like, you have to get to a certain level of comfort with the vulnerability. Like Navi Bliss talked back, you know, way when we we were, had our had her on the show mm-hmm. where she's like no matter what happens you kind of know you're going to be okay yeah. so that's a really great place to be to get to that point where you're like okay i can do this and even if it goes sideways and is not good i'll still be okay that helps you be vulnerable and ask for those kind of questions but yeah vulnerability has real risks it does um it, it definitely does i i don't want to d- deny that at all i think that's totally valid Um, the way that I've sort of reframed the need for these vulnerable conversations for approaching like conflict and having hard conversations in that way is that relationships are, are kind of a exercise in calibration, ongoing, constant calibration between two or more people. And, you know, at the end of the day, it is, it is more important to me to, to be with a person that, that, 
fits me and that wants to grow with me and that we share the same core value. Like it's more important for me to find the right fit rather than just to be with somebody for the sake of being with someone, right? So when you look at the concept of like, say a couple, for example, two partners together, every time that they experience a difficult conversation or they have a moment of conflict and they choose to have a conversation to work through it, they are finding out like, is this person the right person for me to be with? Can we work through this thing? If we can't work through this thing, if this person's gonna react to me wanting to go to a kink club in a really judgmental negative way, that's not the kind of person that I want to spend the rest of my life with, right? I want to mm-hmm. find that person that that wants things for me and wants me to ex- wants me to explore and go on adventures and and do all the things. And if I find myself in a situation where I'm with somebody that isn't that kind of person, oh, wait a minute, I've realized that we are not going to calibrate in a way that fits our lives together. This isn't the person for me, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not supposed right. to like not every person off the street is supposed to be a good fit for you. Like it's supposed to be hard to find a good partner. Um, because you're super unique and every other person in the world is super, super unique. It's not supposed to be that you can pick just any fish in the pond, right? And so every single one of those conversations that you work through is an exercise in calibration and making sure that you guys are on the same page and that you're with the kind of person that you truly want to be. And if you find yourself not with that person, it's very, very important for you to do what's right by you and, and seek that kind of person out in your life. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. Um, one thing about vulnerability I want to uh, mention for listeners, uh, there's a woman, Brene Brown, who's a researcher. She does TED Talks, things like that. We've talked about her, I know, multiple times in the past, and all of us are, I think, big fans of hers. Um, I really, I think she has a special place in this show, like the ethical seduction stuff, because I think like so much of what she teaches is, is like a really key kind of component. So I'm going to put in... Uh, the show notes for this episode, uh, a link for YouTube where you can see like her, Brene Brown, The Power of Vulnerability, which is on YouTube. And it's, I think it is a TED Talks that she's doing. But it really does kind of, one of the things she mentions in this video though, is that I think doing, from doing studies, like she was like, well, you know, is everybody, like how comfortable are people with being vulnerable around each other? And so I think what she found was like some people have a better tolerance or are a little bit more comfortable being vulnerable, being uncomfortable. And then other people are like, no, like they're going to like freak out about it or whatever, you know? So she was like the people who are just getting a little bit more comfortable with being, I'm going to say kind of exposed that way where somebody could hurt you. Like that is taking chances, you know, and yes, you can get hurt. So I would say, let me add this, be wise about what you, how you open up. Don't feel like you have to open up all the way at the beginning, like test that person a little bit, do something small to where if they give you a poor reaction, you can like back up, you know, and stay, stay safer. But, you know, but going back to the Brene Brown thing, there, there's certain people that are more comfortable with it. And those people have, I don't want to say advantages, that's not the right word, but they were, they were able to take certain chances, you know, because they had a little bit higher comfort level. I think, but I do not know this, I kind of think you can train yourself with experience to become more comfortable with the vulnerability over time. So the more that you do it and have, especially when you do it and have positive experiences, I think that you can kind of get a little bit more comfortable with that. And I think that's what a lot of like Navi Bliss, I think that's what a lot of what she really works on is like getting comfortable with yourself and knowing that you're going to be okay, even if stuff goes bad, you know, so I wanted to share that with everybody that that's, you know, Brene Brown and her research is really good. And um, I think that said, I want to move on and talk a little bit about what courage is. So Ava, what is courage? Courage is the state of being scared and doing something anyway. Ava's definition. You're welcome. Is that your definition? That is my definition. <laughs> no, I, okay. That's very good. I've, I, I didn't write this down or look it up, but I, th- I've, I've come across it before. It's like, I think that is pretty much it. Like, yes, you're scared. Like it's fine to be scared, but it's like, you're doing this thing anyway. You know, yeah, it's the right thing to do. You're aware of the risks. Or, you're aware of the courage. Yeah. 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 So I, again, it's like, you know, you want to be kind of smart about what you choose to do. Um, and yeah, but that's, that's what courage is. So that kind of goes hand in hand with the vulnerability. You know, you have to be scared. You have to be in that vulnerable position. Courage is really linked to that. They're not the same thing. Vulnerability is different than courage, but I really feel like, no, they're really kind of links when you're having those conversations that are hard. You are demonstrating to the other person that you are courageous. 
and and that is an attractive trait. So we'll come to that in a minute. Um, one other thing that I remember learning about years ago was that like, who do we like? One of the things that is attractive is when we see somebody take a risk and they successfully navigate it, you know? So if they're going to like, I'm going to say jump over the river on their motorcycle, the person who doesn't make it over the river, who fails, it's kind of like, we're like, oh, darn, that sucks. Okay. They don't necessarily get any points, but when we see the person do this risky thing and they make it, they get some like, I'm going to say respect and attraction points or whatever you want to say. You know, we like people who, who are able to take a risk and have the skills to be successful at, at making it happen. So know that about yourself. Every time you're doing this, every time you're taking that risk and you are being courageous and doing this thing, just know like that is you are demonstrating some attraction as we do it. Just choose your risks wisely about how you're going to share things. You want to add anything? I was just thinking, I was just asking myself, why do we, why do we celebrate the the person that won where I feel like the person that maybe didn't make it across, you know, that's a little more relatable, right? Like we've all failed at something in our lives and that feels really relatable. But I, I, I would venture to guess that the reason why we are attracted to the people that win, we're attracted to the people that, that achieve the thing and are successful is because we, we see that it can be done you know, we want success too. And we see that it can be done. And that encourages us to feel like we, we can do it also, right? If they can do it, it is doable. It is a dream worth having. It's something that we can aspire to also. And maybe we can learn something from those people. That was the conversation I I was having in my head anyway. (laughs) No, that's, no, that's good. I think all that's true. Now I'm going to take it from a more robotic mathematical. Okay. Uh, I think maybe where I first kind of came across this was in a book I was reading on evolution. Everybody knows Steve loves evolution. <laughs> and so this is like one of the things, I think what they were sort of saying is like, you know, that we're kind of wired to like the person who takes that risk and is successful being around somebody like that, who can successfully navigate those kind of things. Like we're, we look at that and we are like, okay, that person has certain strengths, certain skills. Okay. If we're around them, they're, we benefit, you know, they're going to protect us. They can help us get through things. That kind of, so I think that's where going back to evolution, I think like, no, we're wired to be around these really cool people that do things. The person who doesn't make it, unfortunately, I think we often feel for them. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think, we, you know, but I think it's not, it's not flipping those kind of attraction switches you know, the same way. We're not going to be like, I really want to be around that person who didn't make it across the river. <laughs> like they're not going to have the same amount of, I'm just going to say skills that can maybe benefit us. Mm-hmm. So evolution, I'm going to throw this into so many times it's like, it's comes across almost as like selfish, you know, like you're wired to keep yourself alive and then it's twisted a little bit more. It's like, you're also wired to want to have sex. You're not necessarily wired to want to have like the babies. You're wired to want to have the sex, you know, the baby part just happens, but then you are wired to like, take care of the baby and nurture the baby, you know, and you have to get that baby to a certain age that it can live on its own. Then you're allowed to die after that. It's all (laughs) twisted, you know, but, uh, but that's how the genes are to kind of pass things pass things on. But a lot of times when you get into this stuff, it's like, you're not going to have, like p- people often look at ourselves as being, you know, selfish and, oh, we were just, you know, our genes make us selfish and, you know, but just as I had this, there's, you wouldn't have love without the selfishness part. The love is like really where you're like realizing like, no, we're all in this together. We're better off as a group, you know, therefore I'm willing to risk my life. I'm willing to take care of this person. And so that, you know, in some ways you could say that is selfish. You're doing it because it benefits you, but it's like, no, you feel, you know, we really feel strong connections towards other people. You know, we're willing to take these big risks a lot of times. So again, I really, that's where I find like the evolution part is just kind of fascinating because it's, it's, uh, it is maybe a lot of people like Kimberly thinks it is so damn boring, you know, like (laughs) who the hell cares? You're probably the same way, Ava. You're like, well, that's not the way I like to look at it. So, but anyway, like I said, that's my mathematical robotic view of Steven. I'm so offended. You would make an assumption about how I feel about all of that. (laughs) Well, you're, I'm going to say maybe more touchy feely. Okay. Uh, That doesn't mean I don't find it interesting. No, I Yeah. Okay. Kimberly does not. (laughs) She'll be like, gone boring. That's fair. Um, yeah. So, but I love it. Okay. So, so, so attraction. Mm, so we've kind of already talked about this. So I'm like, you know, uh, what would be attractive about being vulnerable? 
do you, you want to, I had a couple of things. You want to take a stab at this first? Sure. What is attractive about being vulnerable? Um, it shows me that I can be vulnerable in return. It shows me that you mentioned this earlier. We don't like perfect people, right? I don't trust you if you come off as that picture perfect human. So like I figure, you know, this, this picture that you're putting out in the world isn't accurate. But if you're vulnerable with yeah. me, I will have more to relate to in your lack of perfection, right? Um, and hopefully that will give me the courage to say, oh, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect either. And here's how, right? Um, so, and it's more believable. Yeah, absolutely. Right? They're not, they're, like you said, they're not hiding. The person who's perfect is like hiding stuff. You know, mm -hmm. they're hiding stuff. Mm -hmm. So, okay, although, although I feel that like that does kind of um, uh, contradict what we were just talking about. We want to befriend the the stronger, more successful people, right? If the most, if the strongest and most successful people come off as perfect, will we then find them not trustworthy, and will that backfire on them? I think though that a lot of I'm going to say the good leaders, you know, maybe who are successful at taking the risk, and I I think that they're not going to come across as like they're not going to have they're not going to be so scared that they have to hide behind these fake images or whatever of themselves. Okay, so I think that a lot of times they're more comfortable with who they are as people, and therefore they are going to be willing to kind of open up and show themselves as being scared like yes i jumped the bridge and i was scared you know i think yeah, yeah that and makes not sense. you know not everybody but i do think like when you get in especially if you get into like your better leader type people i think that they're going to have that that kind of openness and and they're going to be good with i think the vulnerability yeah well and i think looking at like leadership type roles that that vulnerability aspect is almost a requirement right like i can't tell you how many times i've rolled my eyes at a boss that just thinks the world of themselves and comes off so perfect and isn't willing to like relate to the rest of their team. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you are working under a person that openly admits their flaws, openly asks for help, admits that they need help, right. People that make a point of, of showing that side of themselves, that vulnerability, they're, they're closer with their team than the leaders that don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, with my day job, I do a lot of, I'm an architect. So, the architect is supposed to be like in charge of like the structural engineer, the mechanical engineer, all the other engineers, you know, and then, you know, they have to deal with the client and be able to like talk to them and stuff. And I found like, there's a lot of, a lot of like what we talk about in here, I end up using in my regular day job too. And it is like building relationships and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, kind of a side note. I think you have to have, if, if you have a, like a new client, and they don't know you. If you just do the job, you get zero points, right? They're paying you money. You're expected to do the job. You have to have something go wrong. And then that that gives you the chance to get in there and like help them and fix it. And so I'm going to say in this way, it's like something goes wrong. It's a headache for them. You come in and help relieve that headache. That helps build trust and helps build mm -hmm. that connection. You know. So I've kind of learned too, like when things do, go, this is again, the vulnerability, when things do go wrong, I'm kind of like, okay, cool. This is, this sounds so corporate. This is an opportunity, you know, but it really kind of is. But I do think of it as like to build that relationship. And I do mm -hmm. think of all these things. So going back to the team building, I think I'm pretty good at doing the team building with the the different engineers and all that I work with. Um, and a lot of that is like, you have to treat them fairly and be open about where things are. So some of the criticisms I hear sometimes are like from other architects you know, where it's like, they, they're so sort of like, oh, the deadline is whatever, you know? And then the, like, that's maybe not realistic or that puts that engineer in a awkward position where it's like, they're really time, you know, pressure. And I've had to do that, but whenever I do it, I always give them a reason. So if they can understand the reason, you know, th that, you know, I, sometimes it's like, I messed up, I messed up and I'm sorry. And <laughs> there's, I'm sorry to not give you guys more time. If you could do this, I would really appreciate it. You know, and then just kind of phrasing it that way, uh, they always do it. And sometimes I get it earlier than I even expected. You know, they just, they, it's in the back of their mind and they like you and they want to help you out. And so all of a sudden like, oh, this changed. It opened up. I was able to do it. And so I got it to you like a whole day early. And that has happened multiple times. Wow. Um, so I think part of that is my point here, I guess, is when the vulnerable thing, going back to you, Ava, is like, if you can be open and, and share that with the other people, I think that is a good sort of team building skill. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So.
I, I yeah. also like what you said about like explaining why something is important or why something is being done a certain way, right? Connecting the people around you to the why is going to keep everyone on the same page and actually motivated to wanting to move forward or wanting to overcome the fact that Steve yeah. messed up and didn't have enough time to give them that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if everyone is motivated and connected to the why, it's going to it's going to generate that loyalty and that sort of trust that we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and if they help me out like that, I swear, man, I feel it. I'm like I really want to help them out. Yeah. You know, and so and then when there's a chance to do that, you know, I feel good about it. You know, they do too, and that really helps make those kind of connections. So it's yeah. It's, you know, I'm going to say that's really nice and really kind of fun in a lot of ways, you know, to have that. It It, it is nice when people have your back and they don't, you know, that, mm -hmm. that, that feels good. Yeah. When feels you good. know that generating that loyalty, that's gold. Yeah. 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 Um, another thing that I wanted to kind of add about, you know, we were talking about like, you know, what is attractive about being vulnerable. So with one of the thoughts I had is like power. So if you can give the other person power. So when you're being vulnerable, a lot of times I'm going to, I'll give you an example in a minute. Uh, but if you're being vulnerable, a lot of times you're kind of giving the other person power. You're giving them the power to maybe hurt you, mm -hmm. you know, or the power to keep the secret or you're doing something, but you're giving them power. And often when we do that, um, people feel safe because they have the power and therefore they usually act pretty kind to us. It's rare that they, you know, come and stab us anyway or whatever. And, but again, choose wisely because they might, you know, so always do a, do a smaller test first before you go in for that kind of big thing that really matters. But yeah, if you can give people power, that is, that's empowering to them, but it is you being vulnerable. It is you being courageous. It is you demonstrating trust. It's got a lot of attractive qualities uh, mixed, mixed in there. Is there anything you else you want to add about attraction, um, being vulnerable? Really just in, in regards to that power piece that you were just talking about that brought to mind a term in the polyamorous world that we use called breadcrumbing where, and, and that's that? really, it's the concept of like wanting to come out to someone, friend, a family member, a coworker, whatever, oh. wanting to come out about being polyamorous and not be, not feeling sure about how they'll take it. So you kind of yeah. breadcrumb it. You say like, oh yeah, I was talking to my cousin the other day and they told me that they were polyamorous and I got to learn all about that. And that's so crazy. Like, what do you think? And judging their reaction to that news in order to gauge, like, should I come out to them or should I not? Right. So that's like little good. lower risk type things along the way before deciding, do I want to come out with this really, really vulnerable thing? Right. And that doesn't necessarily apply to like the polyamorous world. Like if you are starting a new relationship with somebody and you're not sure how much power do I want to give this person? How much, um, how much vulnerability should I use right now? How much of myself should I should I put out there? Um, start with the small things. Try breadcrumbing. Try something really small. Um, and if that works and that goes well, then just build from there. Just do a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really want to overshare. You know, I yeah. think like dating and getting to know somebody in the beginning is like you you need to kind of do it at a reasonable pace that mm -hmm. is safe, you know? And that's one of the things that's exciting about it too. Every time they open up a little bit more to you, whatever you, you know, you do to them, it's like that always feels good. So it's mm -hmm. kind of nice to have it be the sort of, I'm going to say slow process, mm -hmm. but yeah, it can be dangerous to do it too fast. You know, we, we can, we can get hurt when we don't really know them yet. Yeah. Well, and I think another risk is like, if you do pour out too much of yourself too soon, even if it's with, if, even if it's with the right person, even if you guys are like the perfect match for each other. And if you, had slowly poured out like bits and pieces here and there, it would have been fine. Dumping it all at once can feel really overwhelming on a person. I've had mm -hmm. connections like that before where things were going really, really well, the first, the second, the third date. Uh, but then all of a sudden there was just this sort of like dump of like, here's here's all my baggage and all of my life and all of the things. And I, I get that download like all at once. And I feel for this person and I'm attracted to them and I want to do more, but it's so overwhelming. I'm like, I, like that was just too much too soon. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's really hard to kind of sift through and process all of that and stay present without feeling like, oh, there's this really like significant thing in my life. And all of a sudden it's much bigger than it was yesterday. And I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. It, the evolution part, I think, would be like danger, danger. Like, yeah, if I stay with this person, get involved, like all this stuff is going to get on me too. Am I really willing to do that? And I can tell by your reaction where you're going like, nah, I don't know, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah. And we all have our baggage, but it's like, yeah, I think yeah. you need to be kind of smart about how you share that. And, and I'm going to say it this way. I do it kindly. Don't, yeah. don't overdo it. Yeah. Appropriate serving sizes. So I want to share an example of vulnerability plus courage equals attraction um, with Kimberly and I, and she's not here with us today, but uh, Kimberly one day tried to break up with me. This was like early, not super early. It was, it was early. You know what it was? So we had like the, you know, Kimberly and I meet and we start to play together and then it turns into the relationship. Right. And so it was like, as that relationship is getting a little bit more intense and there's a little bit more connection to it, she had this time where she got scared and, and she thought like, I can't do this. I'm going to get hurt. I need, just need to end. So she, you know, I get the phone call and it's like, uh, can we need to talk? And I'm like, you know, I read, I'm like, fuck, something's up. Okay. So we get together and, you know, she explains to me that she's afraid of getting hurt, you know, and said this has happened to her in like an earlier relationship. And so she's just not feeling comfortable. And, um, so she's, I don't remember her wording, but it was like, you know, wanting to, to quit, you know, leave. So for me, I remember being disappointed, you know, and I was like, now, also, I'm like, you don't stop the person. You don't, like, if that's what they want to do, you don't go in there and be like, no, you can't do that. Or you don't, in a lot of ways, you don't try to convince them to stay. Like, I don't think that's really the right thing. But what I ended up doing was just telling her, like, like, okay, if that's what you need to do, then that's what you need to do. But I'm sad because I really like you. And, you know, I think that we would be good together. And, yeah in the end, I would just kind of asked her, like, if, you know, if you'd be willing to like, just give it a little bit more time, I don't think there's a huge risk in, in giving it more time. Um, but then I think you'll, you know, maybe feel better about it or feel more comfortable. And so that's all I did was just say like, I really like you. I really don't want you to leave. If you have to, that's okay. You know, you have the power. I'm let, you know, I will honor that, but, um, you know, I'd be really sad and about the whole thing. And so she decided at the end of that, like, okay, like, you know, she'd wait a little bit longer and just see how things were. Next day, she felt better. And it was like, everything was fine after that. Like, I guess, because we had the conversation and then, you know, that was that. And then she just kind of felt more relaxed about the whole thing. Um, so that, you know, for us doing that, like she was feeling vulnerable. She was scared. I th I'm going to say for myself, I had to be courageous and tell her how I felt, you know, which was like, I don't want you to do this. And if you do this, I'm going to be sad because I like you. Uh, and so the good thing there was, you know, I guess I was attractive enough and she was too with like keeping us together that we wanted to kind of make the whole thing work. So, you know, that's, that's an example of like, because of the way we acted, being going to say for myself, she's trying to leave me. I'm put myself out there and was courageous. And that was, I'm going to say attractive enough to keep her interested and willing to take the risk. You know, she's, she's afraid, she's afraid she's going to get hurt. So she was willing to take the risk anyway. So I'm very glad that she did. Do you have an example of anything like it's happened in your life, Ava, where vulnerability plus courage is kind of equal to attraction? Anything come to mind? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely tell a story about that. Um, I was just thinking though, that I, I love that, that Kimberly was able to express what her fears were in that situation. And, and that you were able to say what you wanted and how you felt about it, right? Like vulnerable conversations are so hard to do. Um, and just being able to even verbalize, like sort through your feelings and formulate thoughts and actually verbalize them. That sounds like such a simple thing, but it's, it's really not, right? And so be able to like talk about like, here's what I'm feeling and here's what I want, or here's what I need, or here's what I think would be best for me right now. Like those, those aren't easy things. I'm really, really glad your story <laughs> yeah, ended the way you. that it did with you two together. <laughs> but I'm sure there was yeah, a really no, hard wasn't. conversation to have. It, it wasn't was a long fun. conversation either. You know, it was kind of like we just sort of admitted all the things and then we're like, okay, what are we going to do? And so it was, I'm going to say like maybe 20 minutes or something like that. And the, the whole yeah. thing was kind of settled. But the other thing was it was not, I mean, Kimberly still like left yeah. there kind of feeling like, like, damn it, I intended to break up with this guy and now I'm still with him and I'm still scared and I'm still I could get hurt. <laughs> and so, you know, that was her being courageous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very courageous. I mean, it's so important to not run away from feelings like those, right? Nobody likes mm -hmm. to sit in feelings of being scared, right? Like mm -hmm. no, nobody likes that. That's not comfortable for anybody. 
Um, but it's so important not to reject those, right? It's so important not to stuff it down because it's never going to go away, right? If she, if you and she had broken up that day, she would have ran into it with the next guy that she started dating and things started to become a little bit serious and the same feelings would have come up, right? And that cycle would have repeated and repeated and repeated mm -hmm. until she chose to broke it. And lucky for you, she broke it with you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Kimberly. Yeah. What, what is your story? So let's see. Um, I can talk about my current partner that I have been with for over four years. Um, when we first got together, I was super, super new to Nashville, didn't know very many people. Um, and we hit it off right away. And we were like friends with benefits type situation. It was just very lighthearted and sexy and fun, like low emotional commitment. Um, until all of a sudden, it wasn't a low emotional experience at all. Um, I developed feelings for him like pretty hard, fairly quickly, which I know everyone's going to like roll their eyes. I like, Oh, of course you did. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like I used to be really, really good at like not involving emotions with sex until this person came along. Um, and I remember so feeling so desperately scared that I almost felt like I owed it to him to, to tell him how I felt. Um, but knowing that that might scare him off because that might not be what he wanted. That's not what we kind of agreed that we were walking into. Um, <laughs> I, I may have cried during that conversation. Um, just a little bit, just a little bit because I had all of this energy pent up and I was so mm -hmm. scared and I just, I felt like it's what I needed to do. And I didn't want to hide the fact that I had these feelings for him when we, you know, we're having fun, sexy time together. Um, and yeah, so I, we had the conversation and I was very, very clear, like, you don't need to reciprocate these feelings. I don't expect you to tell me that you love me today. I don't expect any of that from you. I just feel like I owe it to you to to know how I feel and where I'm coming from and to know, you know, what page of the book I'm on. If you're on a totally different chapter, then that's that's OK. But I just I need you to be aware. That's that's nice to present it that way, Ava. You know, mm -hmm. like it is no pressure on you. You do not have to feel the same way as me. I'm just going to tell you how I feel. That's that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important to, for me anyway, for me personally, I very much value, like, put all the cards face up on the table so we all know where we stand, right? Relationships are not like poker games. It's not a I win, you lose situation. It's a we win together because we're on the same team. And you can't do that if you don't know what all the cards are. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I try to preface it that way. Also knowing the kind of cliche bit, if you think about like high school couples like, oh, I love you and being expected to say, I love you back. Like that's not realistic. That's not how it works in the real world, guys. Um, so yeah, and that conversation was super, super stressful and I was super anxious about it um, because I thought I might lose this really good thing that I have when, again, brand new to Nashville, don't have a lot of friends at this point. And this was a, a major source of um, happiness. This was a person and a thing in my life that really filled my cup at the time and still does. I just didn't have a lot of those things that filled my cup at the time. Mm -hmm. um, in any case, if you fast forward, uh, like I think it was like a month later, he ended up saying his how he felt toward me and it was very much reciprocated, but he definitely took some time to think about it uh, because that wasn't you know, what either of us said that we wanted. We didn't want to walk into that situation and then you know, lo and behold, the the feelings were there for both of us. And so that ended up going really well for me. And I I say that knowing that it easily could have gone the other way. It easily could have yeah. been, I, I don't have those feelings or I don't want that or I don't, I'm not prepared for it or I don't have room for it in my life or whatever, right? Any of those things would have been valid. Um, and so those are just some of the risks uh, that, that people take when circling back to what I said earlier, when you're calibrating with another human, like you want to make sure it's it's a person that's going to fit in your life the same way that you fit in theirs. Yeah. That is a really hard conversation. Like what you just talked about to admit that, because I do know, uh, stories I've heard from people where they're like, uh, you know, so-and-so admitted that they really, 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 really like me. And the person that I'm maybe talking to is like, I did not feel the same way back. Right. And so it's, it's, um, th that I'm going to say it doesn't always go well. Yeah. So, so there's risk about that. Like you can't always control exactly how you feel. I will say if you, you know, people are never quite exactly on the same page. Like somebody's always a little higher on the liking level than the other person. Whoever's higher has to be able to like ratchet it back down to match, yeah. match the level of the other person. That's where it's going to be comfortable. If, if somebody's really high and somebody's really, you know, not, not as high, it's like, it's going to feel uncomfortable and kind of weird. Um, 
Yeah. That, that, so I'm glad it worked out for you. That And that's, do you think that was like having that conversation? Do you feel like that made you more attractive? Because you were, maybe you don't know, but like that you're willing to do that and able to do it? Because I do think like that shows skills. I think in a way it does. Um, for me, like in my personal situation, I think it was a a practice in vulnerability that said, oh, it's safe for me to be vulnerable and ex explore these feelings that I have back. It was almost not that I needed to give permission, but I, I feel like for him, it was almost like, oh, she has these feelings for me. It's OK for me to explore thoughts and feelings like that, too. Yeah. 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 There is a woman, Sonia McDonald, and she has an article that's online that I found, and it's called The 15 Everyday Acts of Courage. So I want to go through a couple of these to give people, listeners, uh, examples of just like little things that they might not think of as courageous, but that really are courageous. And so again, when you do something courageous, you're basically flipping the attraction buttons. You know, you're getting whatever attraction points or whatever you want to kind of call it, you know, is excuse me, it's being attractive. So these are just a couple things. Let me just run through this. I'm probably not going to read all 15. Um, I will admit I don't like all 15. Some of them, Ava and I were talking before the show, before recording this. So it's like some of these, I'm like, I don't know if I agree with some of these, but, but the point is number one, saying sorry that to, in order to do that, like that takes some courage to kind of admit that you're wrong, that you messed up, you know, and that is like, if you think back to like, we don't like perfect people, it's like that's showing that you're willing to be flexible, that you're honest, you know, that you're willing to admit when you've messed up or made a mistake about something. Um, you know, often it's like that they're, you're also willing to like make amends to it if, if somebody was hurt or something like that. So saying sorry is, is a very courageous thing to do. It's going to get you some, some points, you know, when, when you're able to do it. Um, number two that she had was, uh, be yourself and own it. I really she, like this one. Yeah. So don't yeah. imitate, she says, don't imitate anyone. Take off your mask, allow yourself to become vulnerable, share your flaws with others, see perfection in your imperfections. Who you are is the gift to the world. Allow yourself to shine. You that one speaks to me so much. Yeah, I feel like the most courageous thing any of us can do is be ourselves, especially in a world where in, in a consumer-focused world where we are sort of brainwashed to constantly be buying things or buying services or trying new things in order to make ourselves better, more likable, mm -hmm. more worthy, more valuable, more attractive, right? Just, you don't, you're just fine as you are. And if you have the courage to just do that and, and drop your, your filters and your walls, you will be unstoppable. Yeah. Number three is take responsibility and accountability. So that, you know, we sort of talked about that already, I think, but it's like, yeah, just saying similar to like the sorry one, you know, that you're taking responsibility for whatever happened. Uh, that's actually attractive, even if you have made a mistake or something. Uh, keep your commitments and make goals. So the making goals, forget jumping across the river, like I said earlier. I think the making goals is almost like more in maybe a business sense. You know, like set some goals and kind of show that you can do it. But yeah, making commitments is maybe the key one there. You know, that uh, keep your commitments. If you say you're going to do something, really try to do it. And if you don't, then you can explain yourself. You can take responsibility and accountability, you know, and explain, explain why. And usually people are very nice about that. Have a voice and say no. Uh, that's, that's a, I don't know if we want to talk about that. You know, some people have a really hard time saying no, they're afraid of disappointing others, but it, you know, again, you're, you're our, if you do say no, you're demonstrating that you're willing to talk to the person honestly. And that's, mm -hmm. that's where the, you know, the attraction part is you're going to be building trust by actually saying no, which is, which is interesting. I think that one's really important too. Like the ability to say no means I value myself and I value you. And it's important for me to be honest, even if it's the answer that you may not want to hear, I have the courage to still, to still, uh, still do right by you and tell you the truth, which can be so hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. She says, let go and forgive. So that's one I know some people have a hard time with, you know, where we get wrapped up in it and this person hurt me and, you know, it's really hard to do it. I'm not always great at it. Sometimes I am. It depends on, you know, sometimes I can do it and it's not that hard. And other times it's kind of like just, just harder for me. 
yeah and i think anyway whatever it depends on the situation you know who did what and that kind of, but in general yeah letting go and forgiving if you're able to forgive somebody that's going to help uh that is showing vulnerability and they're going to help you know feel closer to you and connected that's going to make you more attractive grow and learn step into the unknown change the way you do things i like that one um yeah cause, because growing i was talking to my son about this we were we got into a big discussion about fashion so he's hung out with some friends that he hadn't seen in a while from from like middle school days and he has like picked up all these new fashion ideas right so his sister's like you know she's whatever you know he was like hey do you like my pants and she's like eh, whatever like who cares you know <laughs> but but he's got these new ideas from it okay and so we were talking about this and my daughter has her own fashion opinions things it's not necessarily his fashion good we can get into this a whole nother time now it'd actually probably be a top a interesting topic is talking about dress and fashion and how you know how to how to dress well um but anyway i said you know to my son i said like no you're you're growing you know you're trying new things you know and as you do this some of the things you won't like and some of the things you will but i said if you don't ever make the changes like you're not ever going to have that kind of growth so again that's you know getting out of our comfort zone and doing something new can really help us but it is it is kind of scary sometimes helping others you know that that sometimes can make you put you in a little bit of a vulnerable position it can oftentimes show that you're courageous that you're going to will you know be willing to go out and do that um practicing gratitude learning from your mistakes um the last one she says is like love yourself accept your imperfections be your own best friend show yourself compassion understanding and respect this is the most courageous of all so what do you think of that last one love yourself ava i think we live in a society that does not value us loving ourselves. Um, and I think it's very, very easy to forget how important it is to put yourself first. Um, and that absolutely requires you loving yourself. Um, it's really, really easy to forget that because we're kind of trained to serve others and, and be more productive and be more successful and, and do what society tells us to do is, is you know important for us to be happy humans in the world when at the end of the day, you get to decide that for yourself and mm -hmm. you taking the time to decide that for yourself and make that your reality. That's the biggest act of self-love you can do for yourself. My son, when he was like five years old, I was getting ready to go into work or something like this, you know, and he's telling me goodbye. And, um, he, he goes, well, dad, you can't love anybody else unless you love yourself first. And I thought I just cracked it. He must have heard it. You know, maybe it's in preschool or something like this. But I like it's just like coming from this like little five year old mouth. Like, Dad, <laughs> let me give you some advice. You know, but but he's he is right about that. You know, like I said, I'm sure he heard it someplace. But but he's he's right about it. It's like no, you have to be willing to take care of yourself before you can like pass on your energy and you know on to other people. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Ava, you want to give us a little summary, what you think maybe are like the most important things of like, of, of what you think listeners should really try to keep in mind for oh, vulnerability, man. courage, and attraction. I can, I can try. Uh, I can definitely try. Uh, let's see. So vulnerability plus courage equals attraction. So you need both. And let me see if I can talk through this. The reason why we need vulnerability is because it shows others that you are not perfect. Uh, so it gives them sort of comfortability to also be not perfect. So they trust you. Um, and so they they can show up and be vulnerable as well. Um, courage, I feel like you can apply the same logic there, right? Like if I show up and I'm courage, that'll give other people uh, the space to also be courageous. Um, and we are attracted to people that we find successful. Uh, the words to explain why are not coming to mind. But I know Stephen will tell you that it has to do with evolution. <laughs> um, <laughs> what am i missing steven <laughs> um i i don't know that was pretty good I, to me for as, as a listener like one of the key things is to understand that vulnerability you can get i think more comfortable with it over time the more you mm -hmm. practice it but 
we're not used to thinking as vulnerability as a positive skill that is going to make us more attractive. And it really is. It, it's, it's very connecting, you know, and that's where if you go back to Brene Brown and, and the link I'm going to put in the show and you listen to her talk about it too, it's like, it's a hugely attractive trait, you know, and we all, we don't want to do it because it's scary, you know, and then it's like, yeah, but man, it is really powerful. And it's showing that courage shows how, how courageous you are to kind of put yourself out there and do it. So yeah, I would say, you know, listeners, it's like explore it on your own. Like, you know, think of different things you can do or have done in the past that, you know, you took a chance on and notice how people treat you, you know, when, when you do it. And I think for the most part, you're going to find out like, no, people are pretty kind and they appreciate that you're taking this chance or you appreciate that you're putting them in power, them in charge about things and, and they take care of you in my experience. And if you want to practice vulnerability, if that's not something you've been super intentional with in your life until now, um, try it with somebody that you're already really close with, right? Maybe, maybe don't try it on like the first date with someone new that you've never met before, like in, in a coffee shop or something. Maybe try it with one of your closest friends or um, siblings or partners, somebody that you really trust. Try practicing that with them and notice like how they react to those moments of vulnerability when you're sharing like really deep stuff with them. And go from there. Thank you, Ava. Let me talk about the, what we have coming up for the shows. So um, our friend Jane, who is going to talk about rope, we've had to push her off a little bit. She's got some schooling things that she's doing and classes, whatever. So she asked, like, hey, I do want to do the episode, but we're going to end up postponing it a month or more or something like that. So last week I lied to you when I said this week we would be talking with Jane. So we are we're she'll get in here soon enough and she'll teach you how to um, do some fun bedroom bondage ideas. Mm. And if you really like it, you can, I don't know, check out her other stuff and she'll teach you how to hang people from the ceiling upside she'll down. She'll teach you lots of stuff. She's great. Yeah. 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 She, and she's very fun and she's very personable. I think she's gonna be a really good guest. So if you are a first time listener and you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to subscribe. So that way we pop into your podcast player. Uh, we have every Friday is when we come out with new episodes. We also have our website, Ethical Seduction. So you can like find uh, all the shows that we do. We've got blog posts and things like that on there, other resources. So you can like look up topics and maybe find something that you're really interested in, ethicalseduction.com. We're also Ethical Seduction on Instagram and FetLife. You can follow us there if you like and Facebook. I don't know why I left that one off. Uh, and if you have a question or anything you want to reach out to me, you can shoot me an email at Stephen at ethicalseduction.com or, and it's Stephen with a V I should say. And, uh, you can also leave us a voicemail. If you go to the website, there's a button, click on that. It'll leave us a voicemail. You know, we can maybe use it on the show if it's, if it's a good topic that we want to cover. So Ava, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks Stephen. Yeah. Thank you. Bye everybody.